Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Life Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Today, is you're going to learn how to walk in the supernatural. See, we're talking about supernatural increase. We're talking about things in the supernatural. When you understand something, it's only supernatural to the people that have never stepped into it. See, the way God wants you to live is that you were not created to struggle. You were not created to meet your own needs. I want you to write that down. Get it deep down in there. You, God never created you so that you can meet your own needs. God never intended for you to work things out. God never intended for you to struggle. See, the problem, just think about this, is when God created Adam, he created him and put him in an environment where he didn't have to struggle. He put him in an environment where all he had to do was to speak. So your bo- your naturally your body fights stress. Naturally, your body fights disease. The reason being is this. It's not natural for you to have a disease in your body. It's not natural for you to worry. It's not natural for you to work out your own destiny. So what, you know what we've, So today you're going to learn how to do it. How do you step into the supernatural? How do you step out of one and step into another? You know, we, we started this year with um, why such a short burst of faith. I want you to notice something. You are not designed to have one victory. You are designed to have multiple victories every single day. God never designed us to have short bursts of victory. That means, hey, just one single promotion. So we are destined to have ongoing growth, ongoing things. So if you've ever experienced a miracle, it wasn't a one-off. It was designed to get you. This is what you should be believing on a constant basis. Then we also learned in Philippians 4.9, says, keep to the script. The reason we learn this, whatever you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, do it. And the God of peace will walk with you. The reason being is this, is that what God gave you in the beginning, he didn't want you to lose it. So what, we've, what we tend to do, a lot of people say, what's God's word for me today? God's word for you today is the same word that it was yesterday. So therefore, God doesn't change his mind. So to keep to the script is that when we start talking about how do we fight in the supernatural, Paul was saying this to us. He says, take every thought captive. Every thought apart from God's thought takes you off the track. Every thought. So Satan is introducing another script to you because he knows you've got a script Now, today, I want you to see how to remain in the supernatural. So when you are born again, you went back to the original. The word repentance means going back to the original. 
Well, how did you live before? What were you created? We were created to live by speaking, not by working. So when, God, when you repent, God takes you back to what you were designed for. Now listen to John 15 verse 7. It says this. If you abide in me, one part, second part, and my words abide in you, Second part, look at the third part. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. He doesn't say that you will do it. He goes, it will be done for you. But he starts off, if you abide in me. The word abide means you've reached your destination. It is like when you get out, you know, you get to your GPS, you get in the car, you go on your phone, and you put in the destination. Then once you've put the destination in, the GPS takes over. And guess what? And then, I don't know if yours does the same, but mine, it actually tells me you have reached your destination. What the first part is this is that you can reach your destination, but then what do you do in your destination? See, once you have reached your destination, you no longer require the GPS. Once you have received Christ, you no longer need to receive him again. So you, got, you come to the point where you are resigned yourself, I have reached my destination. If you abide in me, therefore now I am in Christ. I am no longer searching for Christ. I am no longer del- thinking, do I deserve to be here or not? So what happens is this, to abide is to come into agreement with what God has said about you. See, the word to abide means to stay into, is also to come into agreement with God. So what happens is this, is going back to the um, car analogy, is if I'm not in agreement with my GPS, I'll keep on driving. I'll keep on turning U-turns, I'll do whatever. The Bible says, if you abide in me. So therefore, it comes into, to get back to the supernatural, to remain in the supernatural, is to come into agreement that you are in Christ. You're not in yourself. You're not in an emotional state. You are in Christ. If you abide in me. So here's the thing. There are a lot of people that abide in Christ. But then God says, if when you abide in Christ, your next thing to do is, and my words abide in you. So it is possible to be in God, but not have the words of God active in you. So you can have, that's where we get this, is Christians with sinners' problems. What does, I used to think, well, what does that mean? There are, I'll put it lightly. None of you are here like that. This is for the people watching on on stream, right? I'm not talking about you, right? So relax, relax. You can be saved. How many of you know that, have you met some Christians that not here, right? That have got more problems than the people you're witnessing to to get saved. I have. 
I've met some Christians and I go, I've, I've, I've met Christians that I, I, that I block their number. Soon as they come in, I block it. The reason being is, right, they go, hi, Ted, and then they this, you know, my dog just bit me, my wife left me, my kids beat me up, you know, I just got sacked, my, house, my roof fell in, hey, I, I went out the front and the earth opened up, swallowed me up, then spewed me out again because he didn't want me. See, it is like, yes, if I pass away today, I'm going to go to heaven. But that's your destination, yes, is to be in Christ. But then God says, and my words abide. That means the words have a home. God's word needs to have a home, and the home is in you. Now, watch this. Why does the word, why does the word have to be in us? Now, watch carefully. I was just reading a, a, a latest report about the heart. And um, just, just think, the heart is the only organ in your body that makes a sound. Your it, it, it beats, correct? The reason you're listening to me is because I'm telling you what's happening in your head right now. You know, so what they've realized now, this is non-Christians when the, in the study of the heart. When the, sound, when the heart makes a sound, it's not just the sound... It's communicating to every cell in your body. So when your heart beats, there is information in the heartbeat that every cell in your body listens to. It's taking people that understand the heart and now teaching us about God. So watch this. So whatever is in you, every time your heart beats, it is making the sound of what you believe. You get you good? So if you go, I don't like myself. I don't like who I am. It comes into as a belief system. That every time your heart beats, it's communicating to every cell to be dysfunctional. Come on. Some of you go, I need a heart transplant. <laughs> yeah, you do. See, one of the things we, we one of the fellow, the reason God says, if you abide in me, okay, I am in Christ. But then God says, now, whatever you are into has to come into you. So therefore, it means this. You see, this will make sense a little bit more. So God says, now you're saved, right. Now, I am going to show you what's inside of you. And he says, when you come into full agreement with the word of God, your heart starts to beat on the word level, not on the emotional level. So now... My heart is not going, oh, I don't feel well or I don't do this. The, the heart now starts to speak the word. See, the heart was originally designed to beat God's word. The heart was designed to be in constant communication with God. So when God designed Adam, he designed you and the destination of the heart 
was to be in constant beating, constant quoting, constant declaring the Word of God. For Adam, when he was created and Eve, only knew God, only had the Word. He didn't have any other books. He didn't have any other entertainment. He didn't have any other distractions. Everything about him beat God. Every beat, God loves me. God is for me. I am who, I, who he says I am. So there was a constant beating. And what happens is this. Everything responds to the problem. That, everything responds to the heart. Out of the heart, the man believes. Faith comes from the heart. Worship comes from the heart. The heart in itself is an organ. And if you read the first five books of the Bible... It describes the heart. The heart is the seat of authority that the mouth speaks from. So the heart was designed for the words that are in the heart to be spoken. So the heart becomes a seat of authority. It becomes a seat of emotion. It becomes a seat of thought. So the Bible says this, is that, the Word of God says, now I am in Christ, so therefore now that Christ is in me, then my heart starts to take over and it keeps quoting the Word. See, if you do not have the Word in you, your heart is beating what you have told it. So if you, if you say this, I am not worthy Guess what's happening 24-7? I am not worthy. You know what happens is this. When you first say it, you feel it. But then it goes into, if you hear it so often, you stop hearing it. Have you? Come on, hey, um, parents here. You know if your child cries a lot, you almost get to the point you can hear it crying, but it doesn't register. Husbands with your wives, wives with your husbands. See, what happens is this, is because the, you get so used to it, it becomes normal. It is not normal to wake up and go, oh no, it's another day. It is not normal to feel guilty. It is not normal to feel ashamed. It is not normal to feel regret. It is not normal to live in lack. It is not normal not to have a breakthrough. It is not normal not to have a future. It is not normal to be sick. It is not normal to be depressed. It is not normal to wander around aimlessly. It is not normal not to have a vision. It is not normal to have fights. So one of the, one of the things that gets into the heart is you will see this, even in the economy, we have thir first, second, third, sometimes even fourth generations where kids grow up into a family where the father doesn't work, the mom doesn't work, no one works, we live on charity. What happens, if first it becomes, oh no, what do we do? But if there's no change, what happens is the next generation goes, it's normal. I remember a time where um, my, my Stephanie brought one of her friends to, over to work, sorry, to have dinner with us. And uh, so we had, so 
I just, we just had our normal dinner. And her eyes were like wide open. She, she afterwards said, is this normal? And Steph goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, is it normal, like, you know, you've got a couple of dishes, um, you've got amazing food, um, there's a nice table, everybody's talking, you've got background music. Uh, she goes, oh, yeah, this happens every day. She goes, oh, you, you, you live in a restaurant. <laughs> and so Steph goes, what, what do you do? Well, my mum works at Pizza Hut. And so what she does at the end of the shift, she just gets the pieces that no one wants and brings them home, and that's what we have every day. But to her, that was normal. It wasn't until somebody brought her to a place, no, 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 that is not normal. That is not how everybody else lives. This is what can happen. So the Bible says this, right? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, guess what? The abiding word kicks in, and then he says, My, the word is in you to bring it, the desire into the realm that you are living in. Yeah. So watch this. So first, I go into Christ. Second, the word goes into me. The, the third thing that starts to happen is that God says, I want you to speak what you want. So therefore, watch this. We go, God, God, why aren't you doing it? God, why aren't you doing this? But God says this, if you abide in me, one. Second, if my words abide in you. So therefore, I want you to notice this. You chose to abide in Christ. It wasn't an accident. Second, you choose to have God's word in you. Every single day, Apart from a Sunday, I do my daily devotions. We're going to put it on another level. It's going to go, it's already gone global, but we want to take it to another level. You'll be hearing a little bit more of that. It is because your heart is designed to be fed on the Word. So, what happens is this is that some people, their diagnosis for their life is this your heart is starving. Your heart is starving. Your faith is starving. The heart, the organ that beats, is designed to be fed on the word. Matthew 4, 4 says this. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out or proceeds out of the mouth of God. So watch this. You're only half alive if you're not feeding your heart with the word. That's why you're running out of gas. That's why you get, why such a short burst? How many of you, after not exercising, you exercise and a minute later you just want, you feel your body's going, stop it. Stop it. Like the heart muscle is a spiritual muscle at the same time. And God says, if my words abide in you. And guess what? When the word of God starts to abide in you, the, the result is asking, speaking. The word of God that abides is never silent. As we've mentioned before, is that the heart beats. 
And so what happens out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth starts to speak. That is why some of you say this. I didn't want to say that. I didn't mean to do that. Listen to me very carefully. The stuff that is in you, whatever you feed your heart on, is going to come out. You're going to say it. See, we, we, we live in a disillusion if we think that I can put something in the heart and it's going to stay there. The Bible says a good man out of the good heart brings forth good things. So in other words, I want you to listen to me carefully. The answer to your problem is in the word. And then the word goes into you, so therefore the answer to your problem is in you. Come on. That's why when you feed on the word, you don't, you don't need to be rescued anymore. It's in you. The word is in you. When you hear the word, see the way you got saved, watch this, is that the word was spoken It went into your heart. Your heart responded and there was a miracle. So you heard that Jesus died for you, that he rose again from the dead for you. It went in your heart. And guess what? When the word goes in the heart, it seeks to speak. The word speaks. Your word has a voice. See, your heart is speaking continually, but you are the one that governs what it is speaking. So if you want to change your world, you change your heart, and your heart changes the world. You good? See, most of us are waiting to be rescued. Why doesn't somebody love me? Why doesn't somebody do that for me? Why don't the good things happen to me? Why do the good things happen to them but not me? The issue is not what's happening to them. The issue is what's in their heart. Now watch this. Look at Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read it, meditate on it, day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it. For then, listen to me this, for what? Then you will make your way prosperous and you will be successful. We are, I know I was, I was always fixated at the last part of this verse. Prosperous, successful. Correct? But the Bible says you should meditate on it. Now, watch this. Meditation outside of God's kingdom is this. Is that you've, you, um, you make a decision that you're not going to focus on one thing. So all of a sudden there's all these chairs. I choose just to look at one chair. So it's to clear your mind and focus on one thing. Relax your body and all that. There's, there's, it's, there's, relaxing your body is good for you, Okay. But this is not what he's talking about. Do you realize that you are in a constant state of meditation? You are meditating right now. You meditate in your sleep. 
You meditate through whatever you listen to. The word there, to meditate. Now watch this. Let me, let me show. Let, let me show, read it out of the Message Bible. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry it out. The revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it. Don't get off track, either to the left or to the right, so that you may be sure to get where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of Revelation out of your mind. Ponder, meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything that's in it. Now watch this. This is how you meditate. It is how you perceive things. Meditation means to be thinking. See, you are, uh, you, you are constantly thinking. You know, it, it is a fallacy to say, you know what, I, I can be in complete rest. I don't have to think about anything. But to think about nothing, you have to think about nothing. You cannot stop thinking. You're a spirit. You can't switch it on and off. So therefore, what's this? You are in a constant state of meditation. Is because what you do this. If you have a definition of what something is and you see it, you start to think on it. See, the moment you start to ponder on anything, to muse over, you're meditating. So therefore, it means this, is that for you to be prosperous, you have to define and redefine everything you see, hear, and feel according to the Word of God. So therefore, I am in a constant state of meditation. I get up in the morning and my body speaks to me. Fabianic, don't get out of bed. You don't need to get out of bed. Your wife can get out of bed. She'll make you the coffee. But then, I, see, I'm thinking about it. I'm meditating. But then my spirit kicks in and goes, that's not how you review the situation. Your body will follow you. So if you, want to, if you want to be well, you get up. You look at your problem. I don't think we can resolve that. You're meditating on it. See, meditation means how do you, the Bible says this, you know, you can't, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. You can't lock yourself away in a monastery, in a door, and just read the word. The Bible says, go out into all the world. Right? You, you can't do that 24-7. You can, but you'll die soon, right? Because you've got to eat, you've got to drink, you've you got to go to the other room. Come on. So, so what happens is this. When you're in a constant state of meditation, that means you are looking at every situation, taking it captive, and bringing it to the obedience of Christ. So... Sunday morning, I don't want to go to church. That's, that's, that, that is a meditative thought. Why is it a meditative thought? Because the moment you say, I don't want to go to church, then you start thinking about what else I can do because I'm not going to church. Come on. Oh, I, man, I have a financial need. You start meditating on it. The, the, when Paul said it this way, he says, taking every thought captive. Every thought. So therefore, watch this. You are designed to capture every physical sense that you have. I feel a bit of pain. How are you going to define that? Have you noticed something on social media? How many of those ads that you get, if you're feeling sore in your ankle, 
it means that your liver or what? Come on. If you, you know, if your left ear is ringing, it's a sign that you have a tumor. We are flooded with sense information. So what happens is all of a sudden you go, oh, my foot's sore. My kidneys must be failing. <laughs> See, what do you got to do? You got to take it captive. I don't think I've got enough money to pay for that bill. Take the thought captive. So the Bible says this now. Look, look, let's go back to John. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. I want you to notice this. The word of God will correct your negative thinking whether you deserve something or not. See, when you have the word of God, you don't say things like that. I don't think I deserve that. I don't think of that. See, it is the word that does the talking. So what you do by meditating is I choose to think on God's word instead of the problem. I choose to see and let God's word redefine what my marriage looks like. Redefine what my kids look like. Redefine what my body looks like. So what we have here is the Bible says, I will give you your desire. You, and, and please don't be religious this morning. You have a desire. Come on, come on. You have a desire to drive a better car. If your car didn't start this morning, you, had a, you have a desire. You have a desire for your health. Come on. We, 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 the Bible talks about, I'll give you the desires of whose heart? Your heart. There's no, the, the, the Word of God says, there's no issue with the desire. It is how you go get the desire. That's why the Bible says, it's the love of money is the root of all evil, not the money. So when you have a desire, is how do I get it? And if you haven't got the word, is how do I manipulate it? What do I have to do? Whatever, whatever, whatever. When the Bible says that the, the power for you to receive your desire is the word of God. You're allowed to say amen. So God says, and guess what? I'm going to finish on this, right? Listen to the last bit of John 5, 15, 7. And it shall be done for you. I want you to notice something. It, you, that means you don't have to put, you don't have to make sure how to do it. The Bible says that the word of God will manifest itself in your reality. The word will do it. The word will do it. The word will do it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. In other words, is this, church. is for God to manifest himself through you. It's the word of God. And the word of God is already done. So we meditate on the finished work of Christ not the end result of Christ. That's why, you know, next week is going to be powerful. It's because when we celebrate Easter, we're celebrating the things that are done, not that are going to be done. So for your life right now, 
What's your heart constantly beating? Is it beating that God loves me or oh, I, I don't feel worthy? So, the, the, so what we want to do is this. It's constantly, you constantly start to see everything. So watch this carefully. So the next time you look at the person next to you, you need to describe them the way God describes them. That's called meditation. So when I look at Pastor Silve, I can meditate on all the natural, but then I can take God's word out. And what does the word of God say about Pastor Silve? So then I start to think like that. And guess what starts to happen? Our relationship grows. When, you have, when your body feels pain, what do you do? You take the word of God and you go, my body feels this, but the word of God says this. So I start to meditate on it. And whatever I meditate on, your body is designed to respond to the meditative word of God. Come on, look at me. Your body is designed. Can I, can I have the worship team up, please? Your body is designed to respond to the word. Your finances are designed to respond to the word. Your peace is designed to respond to the word. See, everything in life that we do, let, let me write, this is what I wrote down um, yesterday. The more the word of God is operating in you, the more you will, you will expect from God. Let me read it to you again. The more the word of God is operating in you, the more you will expect from God. So here's, here's what we want to do this week. Is we're going to start to review everything we see. What does God, how does God see it? How does God see your finances? How does God see your life? How does God see your mind? Everything, and that's how you start to do it. it, it you know what? Everything you try to do at the beginning, it feels awkward. But what happens is this, is that the more we do it, it becomes natural. It becomes like, wow, this is what I do. This is what I do. And what we want to do today is if you abide in me and my words abide in you and then you shall ask and whatever you ask you shall be given you I want to just show you something if you're born again the answer for your situation is in the word it's in the word and then you meditate on it you go God God loves me God's healing power is for me. God is for me, not against me. So you start to meditate on it. I want to declare over you today that God's Word is alive and active in you. God's Word is powerful in you. God's Word is working in you. The first thing is, hey, can we do something really radical today? Can we come into agreement with God that I am in Christ? Can we do that? Can we then also come into agreement that His, His Word is in us? See, I come into agreement, I come into agreement, then my voice comes into agreement. Listen to me carefully. Is that we normally put the speaking first and then that and then the rest. But God says, put your heart first and then speak. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. 
Father God, as Faith Life Church and as individuals, Father, God, we declare and we come into full agreement that you are living in us. Father, your word is in us. Father, I am not an ordinary person. I am a child of the living God. And Father, right now, I decree and I declare that the word of God is active in my body. Father, I decree and declare that the word of God is alive. I decree and declare that the word of God is living inside of me. And so, Father, from this very day, in Jesus' name, I declare that your word is active and alive in me. I will, by the power of the Holy Spirit, take every thought captive. I will take every emotion captive and I will replace it with the Word of God. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, why don't you stand with me? Stand with me right now. Why don't you just lift up your hands with me right now? I want you to come into agreement right now that the Word, that you are in Christ and God's Word is in you. And now ask. I want you to right now at this very moment, I want you to start, come on, start saying, God, this is what I need. God, I need more love. God, I, I, I need more friendship. God, I need more finances. God, I need a job. God, whatever it is, start to ask for it. See, what? Can, everybody just look at me. Everybody just look at me. Look, everybody, look, look. God says, I don't do your asking for you. You I can't do your asking for you. But what I can do is to feed you so that you can do the asking. God says, I want you to ask. You've got to give yourself the godly permission to ask for things that you feel you don't deserve. You need to start to get a little bit more on the audacity side. Like Pastor Silvey said, we need to take the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of the low life and get it to the high life. We need to start to get into the audacity and say, God, this is what I want. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare that Your Word is supreme over our lives. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. God bless you.